In the fall of 2010, the eyes of the entire world were brought to a very small mountain village of Copiapo, Chile. In that village, or actually a half a mile underneath that village, 33 miners were trapped underground. They had spent 69 days trapped underground after a cave. And the eyes of the world were on that small mountain village because of the rescue effort taking place. Rescuers had uh, created a mine shaft that could go half a mile into the Earth's surface to get those 33 men out. And so one by one, those men got into a very small tube and were hoisted up, hoisted up into the light, out of the darkness of the Earth. And it took about a day to get everybody up, because there were 33 of them plus a few rescuers that initially had to go in, one at a time. And over the course of that day, over 1.5 billion people tuned in at some point during that rescue effort. And to this day, it is still one of the most watched events in all of the history of television. Why? I think there was something cathartic about that moment. There was something amazing about looking at the courage of those men and seeing the emotional reunions they had with loved ones. It's not often that you get to literally see someone's life being saved on television and have a good sense that, yeah, it was going to work out okay. It was human drama on a massive scale. And while in a different form, what we celebrate today is no less emotional, no less cathartic, no less dramatic, and no less awe-inspiring. We celebrate today the rising of Christ from the dead, raising us to new life. It is Easter. We celebrate not so much our lives being saved as our souls being saved. Christ defeating death. It is his greatest of miracles. And it gives us something to live for beyond this world, namely heaven. But today is also significant in that, for the very first time, God reveals himself to us in a new way. He had previously revealed himself to be creator, as our father and as our leader. But today, God reveals himself to be our savior. God is our savior. Think about it. That is the primary way that God relates to us, that Jesus is our Savior. And yes, that term is somewhat cliche. You have enough people going around asking, do you have a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? It can lose its significance, I think, when we hear it so much. But we have to remember that first and foremost, Christ is our Savior. He is first and foremost our Savior, who saves us from sin, who saves us from death. And more than just saving us from those things, he transcends them. He transcends sin and he transcends death. By rising from the dead, Christ saves us. Just like those miners who were trapped underground. We are raised up and saved. Or maybe another way to think of it is this. Imagine that you are in quicksand. You're in that quicksand gradually sinking lower and lower. And it'd be one thing for God to become one of us and join us in the quicksand, which is sort of what he does by becoming a human being. He doesn't enter into our sinfulness, but in a way, Christ sort of enters the quicksand with us. And that's nice for a little while until you realize that you'd still like to get out of the quicksand. 
And that is what Christ does for us. He transcends our condition. That is what he shows to us and does for us this Easter day. He shows us that God is not just one being among others, but he is our savior. Altogether different, altogether transcendent, infinitely greater. And today God raises us from that quicksand of sin out of the darkness beneath and raises us into life and into light. Human drama on, an, on a massive scale. Now even though we might be able to say, okay, intellectually, yes, Christ saves us, and we might think of him as our savior, we might be very easily regard his salvific action as something confined to the past. You know, that he, he saved us in the past, but we feel we can't rely on him very much to save us again. You know, that attitude of, I'm a great sinner, I struggle with sinful habits, how can Christ save me today? Or maybe the other end of the spectrum, we might just think, well, we're, we're doing just fine, right? That whole Savior stuff is just for murderers and really, really bad sinners. I'm good. Well, both of those poles could not be more false. For the one who is ashamed of sin, we have a God who is constantly saving us. Saving us from ourselves, from the world, and from the devil himself. He is incessantly supplying for our weaknesses, repairing our mistakes, and supplying us for our shortcomings, supplementing us in every possible way. He's a God who is willing to forgive us 70 times over. No matter what we have done, we can always find in Jesus a Savior who can save us from everything and has a heart that is burning with desire to do so. Our Lord expects to find us infirm. He expects to find that we are sinners, that we are in quicksand, that we are trapped in the depths of the earth. And when we realize this, we are not ashamed, really, to go before him. No one who is ill is ashamed of their illness when they go before their doctor. It's the same with us. Christ is our spiritual physician. We need not be ashamed. He is our Savior. Or maybe again, that other pull. Sometimes we might be too proud to go to that spiritual physician, right? Like that person who's always in denial that they're sick or they need to get help. We don't have that childlike disposition of heart. And if we're in this case, then we need to rediscover once more the acclamation that we pray almost every Sunday, right after the Eucharist is consecrated. Save us, Savior of the world, for by your cross and resurrection, you have set us free. We say this so often, but do we really believe it? Do we really believe it and do we live it? in our lives. We need a savior or else we die. It is that simple. Our need for Christ is that great. But we don't just need a savior and again to know it intellectually, we have to be very conscious of the fact that Christ is our savior. And not just today or only a couple of times of the year, we have to be aware every day of how often we need a savior. Maybe at the end of the day, we can look at our day and say, Lord, how have you saved me today? How have you been my savior today in the here and now in my time? Because the more we realize our need for a savior, the more we know that we need his presence in our lives. And not just a couple times a year, but each and every day, each and every week. So our need for a savior is great, brothers and sisters. And so today we praise him for saving us from death and saving us from sin. 
And it is so true that as the Bishop Fulton Sheen once said, if we had never sinned, we could never call him Savior. If we had never sinned, we could never call him Savior. Today's feast is an acknowledgement that yes, we have sinned. And yes, we put ourselves in quicksand when we do, and that we are in need of a rescue from the depths of the earth. But our Savior comes to us, lifts us up, and raises our nature to be one with God himself. It's undeserved, unearned, and unmerited. So today let us reclaim God as our Savior, to thank him for seeing us in our lowly state and coming to our rescue. May we rediscover his presence in our lives so that we can say with greater vigor than ever before, save us, Savior of the world, for by your cross and resurrection, you have set us free.